0: What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Post to Post podcast. This week's episode is episode 39. With me, as always, my co-host, Matt Small. How's your week, buddy? Oh, it's been going well. Going well. Busy, busy week. Uh, but here we are. Thursday,
1: not Friday, uh, getting this done. Uh, so you're going to the Cape tomorrow. That's why we're doing it Thursday, huh?
0: Yeah, I'm actually going to a concert before we go down to the Cape, too. We're going to see Kings of Leon.
1: And, oh, okay. Uh, I don't know
0: if you know Cold War kids, too. We're no. seeing them, too. Yeah, they're I just, like, we are doing a, a concert them. down there. No, it's in uh, Xfinity Center in Mansfield.
1: Oh, and then you go in... Oh, okay. Because yeah. uh, I remember when you were asking me to do Thursday, I thought you said the concert was down the Cape. I was like, oh, it's interesting that they did that.
0: Yeah, so uh, definitely glad we're getting to do this because I heard that the last two weeks of shows, I think they canceled because COVID was getting kind of nuts in some other states. Oh, really? But, yeah, this is their first one back, so it'll be good to see. It's crazy. But, We do have a lot to cover this week, so we'll probably get right into our division breakdown, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, This week, we're going to be doing our first week of breakdowns. Today is uh, August 26th. We'll be dropping this episode for you on Monday, August 30th. And we're going to start with the Pacific Division here. Right. So this Um, is
1: everything that currently right now is in place for these teams and what they look like.
0: So we'll start with the Anaheim Ducks uh, with the subtractions from their team. We have Ryan Miller, the goalie that retired this season. Danton Heinen, the forward that used to play in Boston, and Hayden Fleury, gone. He's a defenseman for them. They added Mason McTavish, and they re-signed Ryan Getzloff and Max Comtois. Anything uh, anything quick, or do you want me to run through what you wrote? No, nah, I can run through it. Perfect. So this will be uh, Mason McTavish's first year in the NHL. He was drafted third over overall in, la- uh, yeah, in last year's NHL draft and signed an entry-level deal with the Ducks. Last year he played in the Swiss League due to the OHL canceling its season due to COVID, racked up nine goals and two assists in 13 games. Uh, with Ryan Miller retired, we have John Gibson and Anthony Stolarz in the, uh, between the pipes this season. Anaheim is coming off one of their worst seasons, eighth in the Honda West division, second to last in the league. They haven't made any big moves that they should have this offseason, and Max Comtrois being the team's biggest scorer with 16 goals, 55 games, and the team's second biggest, Adam Henrique, 12 goals in 45 games, is not going to help Anaheim win games, uh, even with the newly acquired, acquired scorer in McTavish. We talked about teams going through a rebuild, and this team needs one, but it's not really making any moves to do so. Uh, We expect to see the same type of season this upcoming season, even if Anaheim starts making moves right before the beginning. Um, October 13th against the Winnipeg Jets will be their first game. Mm. And, yeah, I I completely agree with your breakdown here.
1: Yeah, so this this is kind of funny going through the Pacific because the – Uh, as you're going to see, the more we talk about this, there's a lot of teams in the Pacific that just had a rough go last year and even the previous year, so we're going to talk about a lot of bunch of teams that uh, almost on the brink of needing to do a whole fucking rebuild, and you know, but Anaheim's one of them, I remember Anaheim being back in like, what 2007 when they won the uh, Stanley Cup uh, against Ottawa, man, they were just a force to be reckoned with, and then all of a sudden, after that, they just started falling apart. I mean, for for years they had like the um, the veteran guys on their team. They didn't have the young, you know, guys, the young legs, uh, versus in like you know teams like Vegas. Like it's not, it's just not going to work. Ryan Getzlaff was old? Ryan Miller was how old before retiring? You, you need those, you know, those young guy, younger guys coming in. Uh, you need to revamp your team. You need to, you know. Uh, and uh, Anaheim was just not looking good they uh they didn't make the right moves i think or I, I, they made some moves but uh not the right moves in my opinion but you never know it's still the off season they could make some moves
0: and I don't know i think um we're gonna see in the Pacific division that like you just said there's there's definitely clear outliers of guys that are this team is not making the playoffs, and this team should make the playoffs. Right, so exactly. I think this is one of those divisions that it's very cut and dry, like here's your top four, here's your bottom four. Uh, oh yeah. Looking at the roster, like you were just saying, they're a very old team and a very young team at the same time. Mm-hmm. I don't think that Anaheim really focused on that middle ground where they have like a player in their prime that's going to be their stud all-star to carry their way through so they don't have to rebuild. But now where you have old going out and new coming in, you kind of have no choice but to Kind of bank on the draft and develop these young players. Like last season, they were one of the teams that had a lot of their AHL guys up towards the end of the season. Right, so, right. Like even a uh, Trevor Zegers ended up coming in late. Right. and he's playing on the top line now. Exactly, so. uh, which you don't want. Like Trevor
1: Zegers, great player, second, third line, especially as a newcomer.
0: I mean, you definitely. It's not that you don't want it. It's that you're giving him a lot of responsibility early in his career, mm-hmm. and he's gonna have to either. Get used to it, or break and fall apart. But I think he's one of those um, those highly touted players, like not to the same level, but like a Connor Bedard or Connor McDavid, those guys that are going to mm. come into the league and be able to put up top line minutes. Right, exactly. Do you want to tackle Calgary Flames next?
1: Yeah, let's do it. All right, so Calgary Flames—they uh, lost Mark Giordano, uh, who's a defenseman, Derek Ryan, forward, and Josh Levo, who's a forward. Uh, They added Blake Coleman, who's a forward, Nikita Zadorov, sorry, a defenseman, and Dan Vladar, who's a goalie. Uh, Calgary Flames finishing fifth in the Scotia North Division, 20th in the league last season. is a team that, due to the division changes last season, have fallen by the wayside. Facing Toronto, Edmonton, Winnipeg, and Montreal, who ran the Scotia North Division last season. Uh, didn't give this team much of a spotlight, but is a team nonetheless that is, playoff, that is a playoff contender. In the 2018-2019 season, they clinched uh, the Western Division in first place and second overall in the league, and is currently sitting at the brick wall at the finish line we talked about a few episodes ago. Johnny Goudreau, uh, Elias Lindholm, um, sorry, Andrew... Oh, God, this is going to – all these names kill me. Mangia Payne, sorry, and Matthew Kachuk uh, being the top scorers ranging from 16 to 19 goals for the 56-game season last season can be expected to give the Flames uh, the same tally and more next season. With the additions of scorer Blake Coleman, who had 14 goals and 17 assists last season, and Nikita Zadorov, a skilled playmaker with one goal and seven assists, the Flames team is looking to break down that wall and will be a team to watch out for this coming season. Uh, when I was breaking down this team, the Calgary Flames, if you go back, man, like, last season was different. It was the whole north, so you have like all the all the Canadian teams facing each other. And again, when you have the Edmonton Oilers, the Montreal Canadiens come out of left field and just being the absolute like crazy team and crazy player front that they they are. And Toronto Maple Leafs and Winnipeg Jets, they they're a good team. They just because of constantly playing those four teams, like it was just. It was a rough, like, uphill battle for them. But now that it's kind of back, it's going to be back to normal next season. uh, They're going to have better chances against, I mean, rougher teams like the Anaheim Ducks, as we just talked about. I think that's going to bring them right back up to where they are. And um, again, they're at that brick wall. We talked about that wall at the finish line a few episodes ago, if you remember that. And. um, there's a few of these teams when I was doing the breakdown that are at that wall. And I think Calgary needs to find a way to, you know, break that, break down the wall and cross that finish line. Uh, It's going to be, they're going to maybe get to the playoffs, but uh, they're not like at at the team that they have now is just not like a playoff contending team, but uh, they definitely have the uh, spark. They definitely have the guys to start it at least. So uh, definitely a team to look out for next season. I think they're going to do a lot better than they did uh, the previous uh,
0: season and kind of uh, make headway in the NHL here. Well, I discussed this real quick. I want you to, to make a note real quick and, and see who you think you're for in the playoffs and who you think you're for out of the playoffs are for this division real quick. Um Personally, I think that this team is going to make the playoffs this year. I think the additions and subtractions that they had is huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Giordano was getting older. He was your captain. You lost him in the expansion draft. Derek, Lyon and jo- Derek Ryan and Josh Levo, not too crazy of losses. Blake Coleman is a huge addition on the front. Nikita Zadorov is a huge addition in defense. And Dan Vladar is looking pretty good as a prospect goalie to mm-hmm. get up there and you know get some solid ice time. Right. They lost David Riddick uh, midseason last season. Uh, Jacob Markstrom is clearly... You know, far and away, your starter, definitely one of the better goalies in the league. Um, I think that this team has the jive and the groove to get it done, and I think they're built to make a decent run, especially coming out of this division, because they're built to be strong and heavy and not so much, you know, finesse. There's They have, like, their Johnny Gaudreau, and, I mean, Blake Coleman's a good addition, but I think he's more of, like, a well-rounded player, so. Right. I, and even with Lucic, like, I think they're, they're built for a playoff run, so. Did you get your four teams done, or? Uh, uh, yeah. No, uh, okay. if you want to move on, I can uh, get up for you. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just That's going to the same but, but for now, I definitely see Vegas being in. I see Calgary getting in sneakily. Seattle, I think, is getting in with the uh, Philip Grubauer uh, addition that we'll get into. And I think Edmonton's getting in. Vancouver, oh, yeah. it's for right. me, it's between Vancouver and Calgary that one of those two might not make it. Well, oh, okay. obviously won't. But all right, moving right along here. We're done with Calgary. Edmonton Oilers. A uh, lot of moves here. For subtractions, they lost Adam Larson on defense, Ethan Bear on defense, Caleb Jones on defense, and James Neal on forward. That's a lot of D to lose. Mm-hmm. Uh, they ended up adding Zach Hyman on as a forward, Duncan Keith on defense, Cody Cece on defense, and Warren Fogle as a forward. Duncan Keith, I believe they overpaid as an older guy. Cody Cece was kind of waxed last season. I feel like he kind of got exposed on the team that he was on. He was kind of the scapegoat. Uh, I forget where he came from. Maybe Toronto? Uh, but anyways... Coming off a terrific season, second in the Scotia North Division and 11th overall, but they got swept in the first round by the Winnipeg Jets. This Orioles team is stacked and an almost all-around team that can make a push in the playoffs. They've shown in this offseason that they're ready to try and raise the cup again like the last time they did in 1990. Picking up guys like Zach Hyman who had 15 goals, 18 assists with Toronto. A playmaker like Cody Cece and Warren Fogle who can be that all-around player that can make plays and give you at least 10 goals a season. As for goaltending, Mike Smith coming off of his best season statistically in 15 years with a 21-6-2 record, a 9 save percentage, with Koskinen coming off his worst with a 13-13 record, .899 save percentage. With that said, Edmonton's back in March, uh, they claimed Alex Stalock off of waivers for Minnesota. Uh, he was coming to one of his most played seasons with 38 games, a record of 20-11-4, and a 9 save percentage. Uh, it'd be a better option to have to back up Mike Smith this coming season, I think too. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely a team to watch who might have a solid run for the cup, right? Uh,
1: again, I have Edmonton, so I'll go back to the four that I think mm-hmm. I got. Uh, almost the same thing, I think. I can't remember what you said. Uh, so I got Calgary, San Jose, Edmonton, and the Kraken. Unfortunately, the Kraken, a brand new team. I, I...
0: no Vegas, huh? Um, we'll get into that later, but you don't have, you don't want Vegas in there?
1: I, I messed that up. I'm sorry. Vegas was that fourth one, not the Kraken. Not the I, Kraken. I, I have the Kraken uh, not being in Okay, that. you think San Jose is making playoffs. Yep, so, That's cool. Yep. All right. Um, but, yeah, so I got Vegas, Edmonton, San Jose, and uh, Calgary going to make the playoffs. I do not think the Kraken, L.A., or Anaheim, or Vancouver is going to make it. And the only reason why I don't think Kraken is going to make it, uh, we're going to get into it, but uh, they came into the league with the draft not like – um not like the Vegas Golden Knights where the Golden Knights took all they did took all the players they could and just ran with it whereas the Kraken we saw right away draft players and then send them right back to like their teams like Vitek Vanacek, trading players for draft picks for the next few seasons like are already they're looking like a team that's just going to like start figure things out and just build from there uh, I think this season uh, with the Kraken is just going to be a failout season. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs.
0: Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll get more into that later. But looking yeah. at the Oilers, what do you think there? Uh,
1: so for the Oilers, uh, again, uh, I love this team. I. I You know, when you go back to like the 2000, God, 2006, am I wrong? Oh, no, 2004. Remember the uh, series with um, Carolina Hurricanes and Edmonton Oilers? I want to see that kind of Edmonton Oilers team, you know. And uh, we're getting close. Uh, Great all-around team, man. Uh, Zach Hyman was an. Excellent pickup. Zach Hyman was one of the best players for uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, so that one pickup too is just going to help him out. Uh, Duncan Keith's been a great defenseman. Uh, Cody CC for the Pittsburgh Penguins when he was playing was all around the ice, man. Great playmaker for Edmonton Oilers. He'll be there for. He'll be there to help the guys out in Edmonton score those goals that they need. And Warren Fogle coming from the Carolina Hurricanes, uh, another big name. Uh, coming into the Edmonton Oilers, so they're looking stacked, and especially losing Adam Larson, Ethan Bear, Caleb Jones, and James Neal. Uh, I think they gained a lot more than they lost, so I think they're going to be looking really, really good next season.
0: I see that the other way. Now I understand that Bear was the scapegoat, and you kind of had to get rid of him the same way that you brought C.C. in for being a scapegoat on the other team. Right. But I think the upside defensively, you had Larson, Bear, and Caleb Jones. I like them a lot better than I like Duncan Keith and Cody CeCe in this day and age. Right. Like, I would have loved Duncan Keith 10 years ago. And, I mean, I don't know. I And James Neal is is huge for them on the front end. Zach Hyman should make up for it. I think that Toronto sold high on him and got good value back for him. Oh, yeah. Um. So, I mean, I get it. But I, I just – there's something about Edmonton. I think they're bugged. And I think Toronto's bugged too. And I don't think either of them are, are going to make a decent cup run for a while.
1: You know it's going to be a big thing too is team chemistry. You could take the, one of the best players in the league and send it to a team and think, like, oh, my God, this guy's going to, like, rack it up. And just because a team chemistry alone, just guys that can't work with, like, that kind of caliber player, like, you know, just doesn't work.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, I would like to take a quick look at the top line there. I know it's McDavid, Dreisaitl, pooley Um Actually, I'm sorry. It's McDavid, Hyman, and pooley now. Drysidle, Hopkins, and Yamamoto on the second line. Okay. And then Fogle slots in in the third. And then on deep defensive pairings, they have Darnell Nurse, one of the best defensemen in the league. They locked mm-hmm. him up for big money, and Tyson Barry. And then the second line is the two new guys, Duncan Keith and Cody Cece, which is probably a good thing. Right. They don't really have to worry about like defensive line pairing chemistry in that mm-hmm. regard. Right. So that'll be kind of nice, you know. Um. So yeah, I think of both,
1: they both work with each other, you know, not being from the team, just yeah. figure each other out on yep. that second line exactly. But,
0: yep. And now instead of having. If they were split up with two different Edmonton guys, you have two lines that you're worried about chemistry now rather than one when you put them together. So, right. so yeah. So how do you feel about this team? I think they're going to make playoffs. I don't think they're going to go far. I, I think and, uh, Edmonton and Toronto are, like, the same team for some reason. I don't know what it is. But, like, you look at McDavid-Drysaddle, you have Marner-Matthews. Right. And you look in net, it's always been kind of a question mark. Mike Mike Smith kinda of stood on his head last season. Yeah. Mike Smith? Mike Smith, yeah. Yeah, and he went over to Calgary now. I mean, yeah.
1: No, Mike Smith is what still on the team.
0: Oh, he went to, he's still with Edmonton, that's yep. right. Yeah, I mean he kinda of stood on his head last season, but I don't think you're gonna get a repeat for from him. No. So yeah, moving right along here, okay. right? Yep. Uh LA Kings, you wanna tackle this one? You want me to take care of it? Uh sure. I'll uh I'll get it. So I'm
1: doing that <laughs> everything on my phone. It's it's freaking out here. All right, so the LA Kings, they lost Curtis McDermott, and that is it. Uh, they also added Philip Deneault, uh, Victor Arvidsson, Alexander Edler, and Brant Clark. So Brant Clark was selected eighth overall this season. and uh, Sorry, this year. In this year's draft, uh, before playing overseas last season because of COVID, Clark, in his rookie year, played in the OHL for the Barry Colts, where he posted 38 points in 57 games, which is 6 goals and 32 assists. He led all rookie defensemen in points and assists and finished and sorry finished second in goals. So that should tell you a lot about Brant Clark, who I, I remember seeing that name, like, who the hell is this guy? Uh, but... Moving on, so as for the Kings, they finished 6th in the Honda West Division and 25th in the league. This team has not looked good since the 2015-2016 season where they finished 2nd in the Pacific Division and lost in the first round of the playoffs against San Jose. With the three big pickups of Denault, Arvidsson, and Edler, it's definitely a move... For- to get out of the rut that they're in, a full team rebuild is not needed for what they, uh, so what the King ha- sorry, for what the Kings have. Uh, they just need the right moves and signs to get this team back on top of the standings, and I believe these three are going to help them get there. With Vegas, Edmonton, and possibly Seattle taking the reins in the Pacific, I wouldn't expect to see this team in the playoffs for another two or three seasons if they keep, uh, they keep up the good moves and signs. Uh, so. I think LA is getting there. They're like they're falling, but not at the same time. It's like they're catching themselves and like they're just like trying to like keep climbing, get, but they keep like falling down. And um, I think great pickups. Philip Denault was, uh, that was Montreal, right? Yeah, he was huge for Montreal. Great pickup there. Victor Arvidsson, great pickup. Alexander Edler, again, Brant Clark, eighth, eighth overall uh, draft pick Yeah, So. Uh, they're getting the guys in that they need, and uh, again, I'm probably not a playoff contender for another three years. So I think you want to get, a, I think you're going to want to see Brand Clark, uh, kind of figure the NHL out and you know get get his steps in in the league and you know go from there. But I think this is a great step for the LA Kings, and hopefully we see him back as a playoff contender.
0: And I think this is another scapegoat we have here. Curtis McDermott leaving—that's that's definitely a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, all four of these guys are huge names to sign. Well, three of the four. Brant Clark is kind of new, right? But the the other three are going to be huge additions to the team. I love their um, their what they have going right now. Uh, Alex I have follow. I mean, you still have the, the old guys with Dustin Brown, Anze Kopitar, Drew Doughty. Mm-hmm. Then we have, like, Quentin Byfield coming up. He's going to be awesome. Um, Alex Iafalo, as I mentioned, he's really good. Cal Peterson's been playing out of his head. Jonathan Quick, if he could stay healthy. Um, and I think you're absolutely right in saying that they don't need the full rebuild right now. No. They, they are kind of, like, coming off of the full rebuild, I would say. Right. But like you said, they are hitting those walls and those issues. And it kind of seems like they're, you know, falling back now. But... I mean, if you ask me, the price to pay for where they get two Stanley Cups or three? I think two. Two. Um, for two Stanley Cups and a, a decent playoff run every year, like in between them, mm-hmm. I think you know that's not a that's not a bad price. A five, six year turnaround, right. from 2016. So,
1: and maybe with better guys in front of Jonathan Quick. Uh, I mean, I know he's standing on his head. At his his stats haven't he's, been. He's looking such a health good. bomb too. That's but the thing. If it, he
0: could stay healthy. Exactly.
1: But with Cal. Uh, cal peterson as his backup you know uh uh, another goalie that made his reigns too he's just like uh, i think i saw something from him uh there's la kings on the youtube did a thing about him and he just like just hard worker and like in the ahl where he was at they're even they're just saying like dude you're not going to be in like in the nhl like you just don't have that caliber and like so he was pushed around uh and then went up to the Went up to the Canes, got dropped back, and now he's solidified his spot as the backup for Jonathan Quick. Jonathan Quick, again, another goalie that I don't know how long it's going to last uh, with the uh, like, especially for the Kings or just the NHL in general. So, with that said, uh, when are we going to see Jonathan Quick retire, or when he's going to, like, maybe injury prone, which he is. So, now we're going to have Cal Petersen up now, taking that number one spot, and now we're going to, I don't know, there's just a lot of, like, question marks. But uh, I think the Kings right now are uh, working with what they have, and
0: I think they're doing a great job with it. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think you're spot on there. Mm. So, uh, moving on to San Jose here. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so for subtractions they lost their goalie Mar- Martin Jones they lost forward Ryan Donato and for additions we got Aiden Hill as a goalie from Arizona James Reimer as a goalie from Toronto I believe mm-hmm. Nick Benino a forward and Andrew Cogliano a forward oh James Reimer was from um, Carolina that's right that's yeah. right so San Jose the season seventh in the Honda West division 26th in the league another team like LA and Anaheim that have been going through hard times uh, this team's a little bit of a different story though San Jose has been known to be one of the top teams in the West, uh, with the joke being that they can't get past the first round of playoffs, as we all know. This slope has happened after the 2018-19 season when their top scorer Pavelski went to Dallas, and their second top scorer Thomas Hurdle, went from a 35-goal season to a 16 this is a team that has the guys that can score, but are all simultaneously going through ruts the past two seasons. Besides Evander Kane, who's been putting up 20 plus goals a season since being with San Jose, which we don't really know what's going to happen there. Right. The moves of Ryan Donato, who didn't put up the goals in San Jose that were expected of him, with only six, and Martin Jones coming off of his worst season in the NHL with a 15 and 13 record, 3.28 GAA, and an 8.96 save percentage, will help the team this out. Uh, help the team out this season. Benino is coming off of a 10-goal and 16-assist season with Minnesota, and James Reimer coming off of a solid season with a 15-5-2 record, 2.66 GAA, and a .906 save percentage. Aiden Hill, who left Arizona with a 2.74 GAA, a 9 save percentage, uh, will be solid additions to this team that just need a little push to get back to where they were, and solid goaltending is what this team is going to need with uh, all three goalies of the last season. Uh, Joseph Coronar, Devin Dubnik, and Martin Jones not playing the way they should be. Expect a possible comeback season for the Sharks. I'm thinking,
1: this is is why I have the Sharks up there, too. I'm thinking with these moves, uh, you know, better goaltending in net. uh, We're getting good uh, scores in. I think they do have a little push to at least make uh, first round of the playoffs and do the San Jose thing again and, getting knocked out, but still a push to the playoffs nonetheless.
0: I think personally that this is going to be a team like Ottawa and a team like Vancouver where they have so many moving parts coming in, coming out, you don't really know what's going on. Right. Like we have Aiden Hill and James Reimer, two goalies who weren't even here last season. You have Eric Carlson and Brent Burns. Brent Burns is still getting it done. Eric Carlson has not lived up to his contract ever since coming over. Mm-hmm. I like uh, Vlasic a lot, but he's riding third line defensive uh, minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then their bottom two lines, I don't know any of these players really. I know Benino and Cogliano, who we've talked about. They have John Leonard, Nick Bonino, Rudolphs Balsers for third line, and then Andrew Cogliano, Dylan Gambrell, and Matthew Nieto for fourth line. Above there, uh, Meyer and Hurdle are very young. Barabinov, I don't even know him. (laughs) Their top line's pretty good, though. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen with Evander Kane. I have a feeling he's not going to play. Top line's Kane, Logan Couture, and Kevin LeBanc, which is solid. Mm -hmm. I just think they, they don't have the right parts yet. They're in the right division to be where they are. Right. And they could sneak into that fourth spot, but this is like I said, this is set in stone. Like, here's you guys that are gonna make it. Here's you guys that aren't. I think. What do you What do you think here on San Jose? You good?
1: Uh, yeah. I'm. Uh, I mean, I I,
0: I like both of our opinions on this. Um, but like, I don't but... mean that like they're not gonna make it, right? But look at look at the four playoff spots that we have. We both said Vegas, Calgary, Edmonton, all make it, right? Right. That leaves one position for these five teams to fight for. So. Right. I don't know. I wasn't trying to say that San Jose is definitely not making it. But, no, 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 you know, no that's fine. Yeah. Like, yeah, right. It's all opinions right now, based
1: based off like what we're seeing. So you never know. Maybe they're gonna just gonna shit the bed this. Yeah, this I mean, a season. lot
0: changes through the season too. You don't know who's gonna get injured, who's gonna come in, who's
1: gonna stay. Right, things like exactly. that. Exactly. Everything could change so quick. Uh, so I want to jump into it. So we got the Vancouver Canucks uh, next. Uh, the Vancouver lost Nate Schmidt, Alexander Edler, Braden Holpe, and Jay Beagle. Uh, They added Oliver ekman Larson, Connor Garland, Yaroslav Halak, and Luke Shen. As we all saw last season, Vancouver is one of the worst teams in the league. Dead last in Scotia North Division and 24th in the league. Uh, The Canucks haven't had a good season since 2014-2015 when they clinched in the Pacific Division in second place where they got taken out in the first round by the Calgary Flames. There's a lot to say when you see the roster and see names like Brock Besser, Bo Horvat, JT Miller, and Elias Pedersen, to name a few, and wonder why this team had a 23-29-4 record last season. Braden Holpe, who had come over from the Capitals after winning the Stanley Cup in 2018, was signed to a two-year $8.6 million contract with the Canucks and was an absolute dud with the worst stats he's had in his career since entering the league back in 2010 with a 7-11-3 record, 3.67 GAA, and a .889 save percentage. Though we talked about Hopi earlier this year about him playing for a different team with a different style of play, it doesn't shed the fact that he couldn't figure it out to be the goalie that Vancouver needed him to be, and that's why Vancouver bought him out, and he is now signed with Dallas. Nut <clears throat> not just to blame Hopi this whole team needs a revamp, and it should start with the f- defense for the new goalie tandem, Thatcher Demko and Jaroslav Halak. We do not expect to see much from this team until they start making the right moves to get the right players uh, to start to play to their potential at the right time. Um, so Vancouver, uh, we talked about this episodes ago when the season was there, they were, like, one of the worst teams. Ottawa, too. Remember we were talking about Matt Murray and that whole situation? And just, Vancouver, like, just shit the bed last season. And they're gonna... A full fucking revamp, man. Like, I was, it's been years since, like, Vancouver was, like, any good at all. And it's
0: still not looking good for them. Though, <clears> the <throat> thing that sucks to me is they tried to do this last season, brought in a ton of new guys, and got rid of a ton of guys, and then they were like... Oh shit! Like that didn't work. We just brought Holpe in, and now we're already dumping him. We're done with him. You know right. what I mean? After
1: one season, they're just like all right, we're gonna buy
0: you out and see you later. Well, I mean, he did he did suck, but like right. the shit in front of him was like it wasn't entirely his fault. He didn't play up to par either. Like he wasn't playing Holpe level, right. even with shit guys in front of him. But yeah. it's just when when is this gonna end? Like. I, personally, Halak is going to be another band-aid. It's a one-year goaltender fix, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, Ekman Larson is a one-year fix. Connor Garland is a great addition to the team. He's young. He's right. going to play well. Luke Shen as well. Right. And then you see Nate Schmidt going out, which is an awesome defenseman. Alexander Edler is an okay defenseman. Hope he could have been better, so I'm okay with that. And right. Jay Beagle's a pretty good forward. So mm-hmm. it kind of seems like about an even trade-off. Right. So... You're not sticking with the guys that you had, and you're not developing chemistry with the same group. Right now, you have four guys out, four guys in, and you're working with the same thing you had last year. Right,
1: I, I like, I like, yeah, I like what you just said there. It's not working with the team that you had. It's not being like, all right, well, let's take what happened last season and get better. It's more like you didn't play what you didn't play it to par what we thought. So you know, screw, and we're gonna get like some guys. So. We think we're going to be talking about this same shit, like at, like after we'll be doing uh, next this again season? next year. We're going yeah. to do this again. <laughs> we're going to see uh, ekman Larson gone and Collar Garland gone for the like other teams. Yeah. Like yeah. it's just gonna they're, they're just gonna recycle players, and it's not it's not the way to go, man. It's been it's been years since Vancouver's been good. Uh, what was it, 2011? That fucking Stanley Cup run against the Bruins. I think that was the last time they had like a decent cup run. And after they were that,
0: competitive after that, too, though, when Schneider was there, too, Yeah, for a little bit, but, it didn't, little bit, but it didn't last long. Um, so. Their top two lines are really solid, and I think you can say this about a lot of teams in the AHL. Right, It really gets down to the nitty-gritty about your third and fourth lines and what they're going to do for you. First, I'm just going to rattle them off real quick. JT right. Miller, Elias Patterson, Brock Besser, first line, that's stacked. Uh, Nils Hoglander, Bo Horvat, Connor Garland, that's going to be a good line. And then it falls off from there, third and fourth line, I don't really know too much. Excuse me. Uh, top D pair Quinn Hughes and Travis Hammonick is going to do really well but i they just don't have the parts yet and i just don't like the recycled team when you just right. we have we have a new team again next year
1: it's like you they know? have the names like you look at the names like oh nice but it's just like it's also not
0: so like a team that we've compared know. them to a lot is Ottawa and we mentioned that we don't see a lot of moves out of Ottawa and we were like wow they're not doing the right thing they should be making more moves but I think Vancouver would have been better off doing what Ottawa did and not making any moves, keeping the same guys, let's do another year and get used to each other again, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. I don't know. That's just the other side of the coin, I guess, right? Right, exactly. So,
1: yeah. Like, knowing the players, it's different, too, for us talking about this, whereas it's different for an organization that knows their plays. They've talked to the players. They know their skills. So, like, Ottawa can, like, see their players be like, Listen, we had like a really rough season last season, but I know your potential. You Like, we know why we signed you to this team. Let's off season, figure this thing out. Let's practice. Let's get team chemistry going and go from there. Whereas Vancouver, as we're seeing, is just like, all right, dump them, get new players in. Yeah. I, and, and I don't think it's working for them at all. But I don't know. How long before we see Vancouver figure things out and be like, all right, we need to figure shit out or it's.
0: Gonna be bad. You gotta hope they draft and develop. They're not scared to make moves, which is good, but they're not making the, the right moves. At this, least last season. Right. This season could be different, but mm-hmm. again, like Halak's gonna be gone. Uh, ekman larson should probably be gone shortly. They're mm-hmm. both older guys, so. Right. But we can move right along here. Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, they lost Nick simone on defense. Cody Glass as a forward. Nick Holden on defense and Mark Andre Fleury as a goalie. They added Evgeny Dadanov as a forward. Lauren Persewa in net. Nolan Patrick, a forward. Brett Howden, a forward. Patrick Brown, a forward. And Matthias Yanmark a forward. That's a lot of That's forwards. That's a lot here. of forwards. So Vegas, since becoming a team in their inaugural season back in 2017, has been a force to be reckoned with in the NHL, clinching first place in the Pacific and fifth in the league in their first year and not going below third place since says so much uh, you could write a book already with this organization. Uh, though a team that is a Stanley Cup ready, they have yet to win it. another team with a brick wall at the finish line and unable to break it. These pickups might help Vegas finally break it down. Like we said before, you got to get to – got to lose good players to get good players, and that's what we're seeing right now with DeSimone, Glass, and Holden. But picking up a solid backup for Robin Leonard, L'Armbrisois, Mattia Mark, who was picked up midway through last season and provided playmaking, and of getting down who's a 20-plus goal-a-season player, you're going to see a Golden Knights team that's even more ready to go than what we saw last season. If the Knights can keep their momentum going since they became a team, then you're going to see them clinch a playoff spot at the end of the next season and have another push to raise the Stanley Cup. All eyes on Vegas. I – I love the moves that's going on right now. I love Vegas. That was a goddamn run on sentence you left me with on that one. Yeah, I know. I was thinking about that as <laughs> I, was I was like, where does it like, end? Oh, God. <laughs> I screwed up so
1: bad. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, dude, you were on the Vegas train before anyone. Oh, at absolutely. All. It wasn't even a team yet, and you somehow had a Vegas Golden Knights hat. But they came out guns fucking blazing. And, you know, good for them they they're a great team we saw it i had them, we both had them winning the cup like yeah, last, last, year. E- last year and they had the, they had the run uh obviously playoffs are just different like you could be the like best team in the league and just like nhl playoffs hockey playoffs are just you just never know and that's what happened with the vegas Th- golden that's knights that's
0: why i think like in the regular season you build a team to win that and in the playoffs, you have to have your team built to win this. You know right. what I mean? It's two entirely it's two different, different teams.
1: teams. It's like two seasons in one, basically.
0: Yeah, and and you need different guys for both seasons, which is kind of tough. You know what I mean? Right. So exactly. I think like if you want, if you're a team that's on the verge, you want to build yourself up, skill, 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 at the for the regular season, right? Mm-hmm. And then maybe trade deadline, you bulk up, you get depth, you you get extra guys, and just keep them in the reserves, and you get those beefy guys that can really back you up and make sure you can, you know, survive out there. You know, Right, right, right. So how do you feel about the Golden Knights with all this? So Cody Glass going away and Marc-Andre Fleury going away is definitely very bad. Nick DeSimone, Nick Holden, not so much. Um, they definitely loaded in on firepower for forwards. Uh, Matthias Ianmark, Nolan Patrick, Evgeny Dadanov stick out to me. Uh, Lauren Persuas and Nett is huge. Mm-hmm. Not Definitely not a Marc- Marc-Andre Fleury. No. But no. I think Robin Leonard can fill his shoes pretty well and oh, yeah. Lauren Persuas will be a nice backup to be groomed and become like the future of the organization so right. um i've always loved lauren pressoir i loved watching him i love his style when he was playing in winnipeg
1: i love he was a great backup for uh, uh connor hellebuck there and uh i've always liked watching oh, yeah. him yeah i
0: remember you said that early on in the season you were like oh i i, I wouldn't watch winnipeg if uh hellebuck was in that i only like to watch like, when pressoir in and hellebuck's net. like a fucking vesna <laughs> candidate every year <laughs> 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 Oh, the good old days. We suck. <laughs> we suck.
1: <laughs> Why do you guys listen to us? <laughs> uh,
0: Alex Tuck's still out for next season. That's pretty tough to see as of right mm-hmm. now. i got to look into that and check that out. Right. They re-upped Alec Martinez and Alex Petrangelo as their top-line defenseman. That's going to be huge. Yep. Braden McNabb and Shea Theodore are also really good second line. And Nick Hagee, too, on the third-line defense. That's, that's good on the back end. Oh, yeah. uh, looking on the forward side, obviously first two lines look good have Nolan, Patrick, Matthias, Yenmark on the third line. That's all three of our new pickups, right? That's right. yep. That That's awesome, too. Like like we just talked about the last team. Right. They have a full forward line that's in the mix. They're brand new. They, they're they all – regardless of what line you put them on, they have to adjust to new players to right. play with. So let's just make them learn how to play with each other, right. you know? Exactly. And they're all kind of good third-line players that could on other teams be on the second mm-hmm. line. So I love seeing that. That's you great that? depth. Yeah. That's huge. That's awesome. I think
1: more teams should do that. Yeah, because um, yeah, – I don't know. You, you bring new players in and be like, all right, the new players, we'll put you on a line, get to know each other, figure each other out, and then we'll get you guys into the team itself, maybe switch up lines mm-hmm. like later on. And
0: like, regardless of how it shakes out, right? if you get three new players, let's say you get a first-line player, a second-line player, and a third-line player, mm-hmm. and then you're like, oh, we can't really put them all together, and if you're going to split them all up one, two, three, you're screwing yourself by messing up all three of those lines. But what you can do is you put all three of them together in the middle on the second line and you bump your guys down to the third. And now you have so much depth, you know? Right, right. right. So I I think it's going to be another really good season for Vegas. They also don't have Colorado in their division, so it won't be as tough as last season playing against them. Like having two teams tie for the Presidents. Were they in the same division last year? I feel like they might not have been. I might be fucking this up. But both those teams tied with the same amount of uh, regular season points. Colorado won based on like head to head games. But I mean, I, I just think that. They didn't take a step back at all. I mean they did a little with Flurry leaving, but I think Leonard can fill those shoes and Bursois backups golden. So. yeah,
1: we all know that whole that whole uh, Robin, debacle. uh yeah, that whole shit. Uh, I just found out too before this, uh, the, the guy they took, I can't remember his fucking name to begin with, but uh the trade from uh
0: from yep.
1: Chicago that that Matt something or whatever like literally that week uh, Vegas took him, bought him out and just shipped him he's like, Oh that's savage yeah, he's dude, gone. Jesus yep. Christ It's like really just like Pretty much telling Florida to be like hey go fuck yourself
0: Wow, we we want to give you away And pay this guy $300,000 to fuck so off go
1: fuck <laughs> off I'm like holy that's shit
0: uh, Last up, we're all done with Vegas right? Done so last up, the only other thing we have left to do is Seattle, but we kind of covered that with the expansion draft, so we'll just look at their team one more time after their moves. Mm-hmm. Um, I do believe on the Instagram, if you can pull that up in our messages, there's a Seattle additions and subtractions. But uh, as a team, they have in net Grubauer and Drejer, which is a fucking – that's a huge goaltending pair, right? Mm-hmm. Drejer and Grubauer, that's going to be sick for next season. The um, fact
1: that they picked up Drieger, Dr- uh well – Grubauer. Grubauer, right? sorry. Yeah. Like, he was an absolute leg and a half for Colorado last season. Unbelievable.
0: 100%. 100%. Um, and, I mean, on defense here, top pair, Vince Dunn, Adam Larson. Next pair, Giordano, Alexiak. Alexiak's really good, actually. Hayden Fleury, I believe we said just moved, so he is actually not on here anymore. Daily Faceoff still catching up. So, I mean, their D pairs are are still pretty solid. Um, but, like I've mentioned before, your top two lines should really be good to good to good to go. Uh, Jaden Schwartz, Yanni Gore, Jordan Eberle, that line's pretty good. But Kyle, Kyle Yarncrock, Jared McCann, and Jonas Donskoy, not too solid. falls off a bit more from there with Tanev, Wenberg, and Appleton. So I, I don't know why I really put Seattle in the fourth spot, but I think that they'll be jiving to try and make it at the end of the season. Right. So uh, Seattle Kraken's uh, the play is they lost. This, uh, this is what they've lost since they drafted and what they added since they drafted. Right, right? exactly.
1: So what they lost since the draft was Tyler Pitlick, uh Curtis McDermott, who we just talked about, mm-hmm. and Vitek Vanacek, who was sent right back to Washington. They also added, I thought they, um, eh, this is interesting, I thought
0: they picked
1: up uh, Gru Brower in the
0: draft, I guess. No, they I, signed him. He was, a, he was a UFA for Colorado, and Colorado was still trying to figure out how much do we pay McCarr, McKinnon, all those guys. Oh, yeah, that's right. So then they were like, here you go, come get the bag.
1: Solid. Uh, and that, So they picked up Philip Grubar, they picked up defenseman Mark Giordano uh,
0: Forward Jaden Schwartz, forward Jordan Eberle, and forward Yanni Gord So that's a little fucked up because they took some of those guys in the draft So it's like a, an interesting thing yeah. I don't know why they wrote it like Draken that
1: Kraken was all over the place though Like right after they did the draft, like you were already seeing like moves like instantaneously In a good in a, way in, in a good way but like they're already planning for the future type of thing, where just like they picked up a guy and then all of a sudden you'd be like, uh, Seattle Kraken traded this and this for uh uh twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two uh draft pick and mm-hmm. you're like, Oh, okay, I see what they're doing now. They're yeah, like definitely. they're really trying to uh, figure things out. Maybe maybe this draft or maybe the um well, maybe this draft year in general they're just like uh maybe they could see, you know, plays in the future to be like I think we we could pick up better plays. I like, wonder I wonder if they're like
0: uh I believe it's this not this draft, the next one. I wonder if they're like, All right, we we gotta make it look like we'll be all right this season and then next year we just fucking tank for Connor Bedard. <laughs> 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 so they're like, let's draft like kinda good and get ourselves set up for fucking next year. <laughs> I believe it. So yeah, just so we're clear here, my four teams for the playoffs, I got Vegas, Calgary, Edmonton, and Seattle. And I believe you got yours right there.
1: Yeah. So, I got Vegas, Edmonton, San Jose, and Calgary.
0: Okay, perfect. Yeah, so we're basically the same. That's what we have right now. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, last – last um, when did we do this? When we first started the show in December, we decided – we did this, basically. But now we're getting one at the beginning of the season. So, I'll save these picks and put them on that file like I did last time, and okay, everybody cool. can see what we did. Um, But now we're all done with the Pacific division, so fuck those guys. Um, (laughs) We got a few signings here, too. Philadelphia signed Sean Couturier for eight years, 62 million at a 7.75 AAV. And Carolina signs Andre Svechnikov for the same exact contract, eight years, 62 mil, 7.75 AAV. Shocked about that. What's your opinion on that? I sent you what I thought.
1: Yeah, uh, and I agree with what you thought. Svechnikov, like, yeah, well deserving in this eight years, uh, sixty-two. Uh, Sean Couturier, great player. I just, I was shocked that he got the exact same amount, in the exact same years. So I don't know if you're. I'll take it. Okay,
0: Yeah, I think he definitely should. But let's. Uh, I'm gonna punch this in real quick. Can you keep going with the the extra shit? I got something to check out here.
1: Yeah, sure. So and then Philadelphia signed Derek Brassois. Ah, oh, Brassois. I, I got Brassois in my head. Uh, Derek Brassois, uh to a one-year $825,000 contract. Um, I saw that and I thought that was interesting. I kind of go back. kind of went back because in my head Derek Brassois, uh was one of the better players in, uh, for the New York Rangers back in the day. And uh, so throughout the years, at least three or four years, his stats have really kind of been declining. He's a good player still for the NHL, uh, which is why he's now signing this in on 25,000. Deals like this, though, is what you see from players that might not be here uh, toward the end of next season or just next NHL season alone, like dropped right back to the AHL and just like kind uh, of ending the career there. So we might be seeing that with uh, Derek Prasad here. But I really enjoyed him as a player. I hope I hope he does well for uh, Philadelphia. Philadelphia is looking really good uh, as a team. Uh, I know we kind of shitted on him last uh, last season because they were going through a rough uh, phase here. But uh, we're gonna get a di- we're gonna dive into them later on. In the uh, next coming episodes here, and uh, really get a look at you know what they're doing in this off season to see what they picked up, what they lost, because they needed to do something after last season. So I think Derek Brassard would be a good pickup for them for eight hundred twenty
0: five. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely a solid sign. So, so my main gripe going back to Svechnikov and Katoria signing the same exact contract. Svechnikov is. On the rise, and Katoria is on the fall, I think. He's been around for 10 years. Svechnikov's been in the league for three. I just punched this into Roto-Wire to compare the two two guys. Svechnikov has him beat in every category except for goals. Uh, Katoria had 18 goals last season, and Svechnikov had 15. Unless this is... Yeah, this is from last season. Okay, okay. cool. Yeah. So, I mean... Svechnikov assists, 27 over 23, plus minus 1 over negative 4. Penalty minutes, 44 over 8. Jesus, that's a lot. Power play goals, (laughs) 4 over 3. Power play assists, 13 over 7. So it could be just about, holy shit, hits, 114 over 34. That's insane. Svechnikov throws it around, huh? I didn't know that. (laughs) Um, It's Russians. Yeah, I just think... uh, I mean, I guess he's working the power play more, getting more time on ice, but it's like, why are these two getting the same pay? You know what I mean? That that, that was my first that, thought.
1: Well, yeah, that, uh, you, as soon as you sent. actually, this news came out literally today and, like, almost back-to-back where I was like, wait a minute, what? Like, same exact deal and everything? Also,
0: eight years for a guy that's been in the league for 10 already. That's that's 18 that's, years in the league. That's a long time. That's
1: big. That's, that's yeah.
0: Couturier will probably stick it out and, and stick around. You know what I mean? But.
1: Or we'll we'll pull Lunquist as we say and just
0: oh savage dude,
1: <laughs> <laughs> just you know taking the words back out of your mouth you know that's what you said I didn't say it you're the one shitting on Lunquist over here. <laughs>
0: All right, do we want to do uh, what do we want to do here first? Because you moved some stuff to the bottom, but you left something up there. Uh no 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 well everything's in order here. Okay, so... go right ahead. All right, so
1: <clears throat> oh god no you're right yep uh, skip that first one. So you know more about this than I do, but here in uh, Massachusetts, this thing called Power Play Hockey League, and in Hingham this week, uh, the Fighting Squirrels got into some issues here. Do you know the whole backstory of that? There's an Instagram video going around that I think reached Boston, didn't it?
0: Yeah, no. It, so it was on the Spit and Chickens page it's initially, and uh, this was uh, the video of their fight. Um, so apparently. This is what I heard from my friends around here. So, backstory first. Uh, the Fighting Squirrels are a team that were in the New England Senior Hockey League, which is a men's league around here that folded last year. Mm-hmm. The guy scummed everyone out of, like, over a million dollars. Basically, Fresh. the guy sucks. Yep. Um, but they were always kind of, like, rough and tough, like... Um, they were just like those dicks in men, men's league. They I mean, that's what New them. England and
1: Senior was.
0: I, I know some of the guys on the team, so I don't want to badmouth them, but I always fucking hated playing against them because it's just a line brawl every time. Right. They're one of those teams. So New England Senior would, like, allow that shit. Right. So next next part of the story is they're on the ice playing, I believe, the championship game. One of their guys gets a penalty. He's going to the box, starts yelling at the ref, the scorekeeper. F you, F that, F this. Yeah. Um, I think he, like, squirted water at the scorekeeper. Which is like the most something neut- like that. Yeah. Like, like tried to hit him. He's like the most neutral guy there. Like, if you fight a ref, like not okay, but like I understand why you would. But a fucking and, and like keeper. a fan, I understand why you might. Like that's still not cool. Yeah. But the scorekeeper, like, doesn't give a shit, dude. The guy's just getting paid to sit there and click buttons. Like, he is the most neutral person in the arena. Yeah, he's like, this is the equivalent of going to the pro shop and fighting the guy behind the counter. Right. But even he could have fucked up your skate sharpening. You know what I mean? And this guy not, did nothing.
1: He's not even the one uh, doing even the scores, really, because it's the refs that come up to him and be like, hey, yeah. this team scored. And he goes, okay, up." <laughs> yeah. and that's it. That's yeah. all he fucking does. I, I,
0: so I don't I don't get why that happened. But I, I guess I think that he... He the scorekeeper came out and was pissed. Like they called the game because of abuse officials basically. The fighting squirrels are all getting off the ice and in the video you see a guy that's not even like in gear. I think it's a scorekeeper from what I can tell. Gets out of the score box, comes over, yelling at the guys, blah blah blah. And then some grown man that's like forty five years old. Like, the scorekeeper's, like, young, like, 20 years old, like, probably in college trying to make some money. Mm-hmm. The guy, he doesn't even see the player, like, coming up to him, just soccer punches him side of the head with the glove on still and just, like, beats the brakes off him. I think he actually dropped the gloves, too, and, like, fucking fought him. So I was like, this is fucking bullshit, and I knew right away, like, I saw the jersey, I was like, these fucking assholes, dude. <laughs> I thought it was a guy on the other team that had already gotten changed or, like, thrown out for fighting, so I was like, oh, this is so normal, the worst, normal shit for them.
1: The worst part I saw from that, so when they hang rink where they are, where the uh, glass is, like, right like right outside the glass, there's, like, these metal poles that, for some reason, are there. Like, you know like, normal rinks, it's just a glass around? Well, for some reason, like, there's a metal pole that's, like, there. Like a support beam and for he, the ceiling? Like a support yeah. beam for something. And when he got punched, like, his head, like, hit that beam. And I was like, oh, shit.
0: Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. So, I mean, it's, it's just disgusting all around. Like, there's no need for it. At all, no. so the and good thing is so much in that league. New England, no, in New England senior, you that's did. Right. This that's is power play hockey yeah, league now. Yep, yep, yep. So power play hockey league sent us this blast email to the entire their entire chain. It Says uh, we'd like to address an incident that occurred during a league game on August nineteenth. Blah 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 blah. During the championship game, a player assaulted a referee after a penalty was assessed. Player behavior further deteriorated towards both referees until the game was called. As the team made their way to the locker, multiple team members physically assaulted the scorekeeper. Um, Power Play does not speak publicly on matters being handled by our Department of Player Safety. However, we feel this incident is far ex- uh, outside acceptable behavior and needs to be shared with our members. Uh, we condemn all this stuff from the league, blah, 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 blah. The players involved in the assaults have been permanently banned from all PPHL activities, and furthermore, the entire team is suspended from any league or activities for at least one year, at which time the team or its individual members may apply for reinstatement at the league's discretion.
1: I loved that statement.
0: Fucking awesome. Dude. Fucking loved it.
1: Uh, New England senior, that fucking
0: douche. They don't even care. They They're like, all right, curdle. yeah, like, he, all right, he can yeah, sit out next game.
1: I'll sit out next game and, like, not do anything and be like, yeah, play. Like, I've seen fucked up shit playing for New England. The,
0: <sighs> the only thing I would say is I don't think I've ever seen New England senior allow them to hit, like, a referee or a scorekeeper. No. You know what I mean? Like, right, I think right. that's what, what the big – I mean, But you can I, also be dirty as fuck. Yeah, yeah, but power, power play is still setting the, the – the standard Shit. here, basically, yeah. yeah. So right. I mean, I, I'm all for it. Man. I'm all for like, it too. I'm all I, for I it. I am all for it too i could not believe the video. When it's I saw men's it. it's league.
1: This isn't the fucking pros. No one's watching your shitty ass game. I, I fucking hate these kind of plays. I was actually, uh, I was actually playing with the, a few of them uh, last week. Actually, if you go on our YouTube channel for uh, everyone listening on Spotify, Apple, go on YouTube and go. Uh, to Around the Boards, which is our YouTube channel. I put up our, my Mike's video. Let's put that up. And uh, we played against a team that I've played for before, but they are for Mass Hockey League. Oh, no, sorry. This is for New England Senior. So it's Power Play now, right? It's now Power Play, yeah. And uh, there's, like, three guys on that team that are just, like, just total fucking dicks and think, like, there's just – there's scouts everywhere just watching them. I'm like, Jesus Christ, man, just –
0: Dude, I we watched. Some, I, 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 I also watched your video, dude. You got so lucky on that poke check.
1: Oh my! You God. You were fucking
0: out at the hash marks, and the dude Holy had a wide open shit. net. I couldn't believe you hit that post.
1: I couldn't believe it. it you know what? Fucking sucked. Was the uh, I knew as soon as I left, I was like that. The hesitation ruined me. Yeah, don't that's ever what it is. hesitate with a yep. poke check. And that's exactly what I did. You either go out and, and get it, or I you don't. when I came out and I missed it, I was like, shit. Yeah, and I, I, I couldn't uh, believe
0: he missed, dude. I, I like, can't
1: oh believe he did that. All I heard was like. I heard, like, a ping, and everyone going, oh, and I'm like, did he miss that shot? <laughs> I would
0: have been like, oh, fuck, he went bar down on my empty net, <laughs> sick. Um so yeah, go check that out. That was that was a fun video to watch. You did pretty good mic'd up too. I mean, it takes time, it takes practice to figure out what to say when you're used to being the guy that's alone for 50% of the game in your own end.
1: Oh, I was, I was like I was trying to figure out like what to say. I was just I'm all I'm always quiet during games. Yeah. So like and then I was watching this uh, YouTuber goalie that uh mic'd himself up and for like again for like the 14 minutes that he played, not a not a word was said. Yeah. So I'm like, why even be mic'd up, man? But uh, I gotta figure out a better uh place to put that mic. The mic caught a like a bunch of stuff, but uh it wasn't as clear as I wanted it to be, so
0: the main thing for me was um like I, I get it for goalies, but excuse me. The uh using it for a forward like when you were skating from one end to the other there was so much wind like you could you could hear it so, so i was thinking, like, about, How do forwards I was thinking
1: about that too when i was editing uh i didn't have the windscreen on the mic i took the windscreen mm. off because it's like this little uh straight little thing that i can get through like the side of the, like my mask gotcha but i think if i just put through the side of the mask and then put the windscreen on then okay it, it'll be yeah, better that's cool so again learning as you go but yeah um yeah, fuck these guys from the Power Play Hockey League that happened in Hingham. <laughs> but I saw but, the,
0: much respect to Power Play Hockey League. Right,
1: right, right. Love that. Love hearing about that. I think they're doing a great job coming in in replace for both New England Senior and Mass Hockey mm-hmm. League to come in and be like, hey, listen, this is a different league. We're not. We don't take this yeah. shit.
0: Um, mass Hockey was pretty good about it too.
1: Yeah, I like I like playing for Mass Hockey. That was they were great. Uh, but let's move on from that. Uh, Mark Savard is now the head coach and the OHL for the Windsor Spitfires. Uh, dude, savvy, man, coming out of fucking left field. Yeah. Uh, I, I talked to you. I thought he was a scout, but he's not.
0: He was uh, assistant coach for the St. Louis assistant Blues in coach. 2019,
1: 2020. Yeah. I so, damn, dude, more. wait.
0: Was that the year they won the cup? Tampa back-to-back and St. Louis before Yeah. I think so, yeah. He was coach when they won the cup. Whoa, That's sick. Holy
1: shit. Wow. Wow, good God. Uh, so a little uh, what Mark Savard has been doing. So on July 1st, 2015, Savard's contract to the Bruins was included in a trade of Riley Smith uh, to the Florida Panthers in exchange for Jimmy Hayes, who we'll be talking about later on, uh, due to salary cap circumstances. Savad is one of the founders of Project 91, which is dedicated to raising concussion awareness and to provide funding to support concussion research. I loved reading about that at Mark Savard, especially with Mark Savard's story and that whole reason why... Uh, you know he had to end, he had to you know get out of the league. Actually, he was part of the reason why um, now there's no touch uh, icing now in the
0: NHL yeah, with yep. everything going on. So uh, also, I just did the fucking math in my head. We're fucking idiots. Tampa won in the 2021 season, and then Tampa won in the 1920 season. So it was 1819 when St. Louis won. God, god, time fucking flies stupid. by. I'm stupid. I'm getting a beer. <laughs>
1: All right, so I'm going to move on from that, too. Uh, so, Valtteri Filippula, uh signs with the Swiss NL with Geneve Servette. Uh, he's a veteran of 1,056 NHL games. Uh, Filppula has 197 goals and 530 points over his career with the Red Wings, Tampa Bay Lightning, Philadelphia Flyers, and New York Islanders. Uh, anytime I think of uh, Valtteri Filippula, like I see a Detroit Red Wings emblem just pop up in my head. So, yeah, the absolutely. fact that he was in, like... Tampa, Philly, and New York Island is just kind of like big question mark for me. But uh, I guess um, I think uh, we're right, though, about just a two-year contract that he had with Detroit Red yeah, Wings. like, good luck no to him. Just- it's,
0: it's definitely good that um, – I mean, it sounds kind of fucked up. Good for him going to the Swiss League. I think he definitely could have helped the young crew that's coming in in Detroit, but he's probably, like I said, like losing culture kind of thing. Right. Uh, probably wanted to get out. So, exactly. But that's that's I'll awesome to see he still wants to play. The Swiss League is awesome, dude, from mm-hmm. what I hear. Like, Switzerland's fucking sick. I yeah. want to go there.
1: I'm sure once you get to a certain point, though, in your league, especially if you're European, you'll be like, all right, time to kind of go home and yeah. uh, did I, uh, set things
0: up. Did I ask you last time we talked countries where, where your next country to go to is, like where you want to go?
1: I don't think I have um i've been to germany japan canada uh but tara wants to go to ireland which
0: uh i've been hearing about which is pretty cool we should do that that's not on my list though oh i was gonna say that that's me and mks because uh we we do want to go there oh, all really? right dude if we go there we could like we'll go rent clubs and play they ireland has sick golf yeah we'll definitely go all right sick the four of us because
1: tara wants to go so it's it's definitely on the list i have a coworker that went and so ireland um their cul-de-sacs are bi- are uh, bars, so you could just go on the bar. You could sit down on the bar and have drinks, what or you mean can Cul-de-sac. Like, so like, the guy who I work with is saying like, so all the bars are like pretty much in a cul-de-sac.
0: Oh, I got you. I thought you meant like you said, you said their cul-de-sacs are bars. not their Oh, bars sorry, are sorry. So I thought like at the end of every street uh, that was a cul-de-sac had a bar, or like every cul-de-sac had a bar. That's sick. We need that here, right? <laughs>
1: But, yeah, you, could, uh, you can go inside, grab a beer, sit down if you want, or go outside and just enjoy it, which was uh, what my coworker did. He grabbed the beer, just went outside. Everyone just having a great Dude, time. Dude, that's
0: why I want to go to New Orleans. They have open container law there, so, like, you can, like, buy a beer at one bar and walk out with it. I feel like New just Orleans is
1: just, like, you know, just this lawless wasteland.
0: It's not like a wasteland, though. Like, people respect it, and, like, it's sick. It's, like, mad fun. Mary-Kate yeah. went with uh some of her friends. So.
1: You know, uh was it was it Australians that uh prisoners that went over to um New Orleans and that's set it up that's set it up. And <laughs> so it's prisoners and they're just like, "Oh, well all these all these guys are down, so let's take a bunch of prostitutes from Australia and just send them over to New Orleans what? for the guys." So yeah. I
0: knew that Australia was a a country because that's where Britain sent all the prisoners.
1: Yeah. And so they, those prisoners from those Australia prisoners from came Australia, to New Australia, Orleans. New Orleans. <laughs> they set everything up in New Orleans to almost what it is today, and the, it was all guys. So just like oh, the morale's down, let's send a bunch of prostitutes then, like help them out. No and shit. So here we go with New Orleans. <laughs> just, bunch of legends. <laughs> it's a country inside of a country. That's really. where Mardi Gras comes from. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, congratulations to Veltor Filipula. Uh, to end it, we have some sad news I guess to end it. Um, so this week was it this week? Yeah uh, Rod Gilbert passed away at the age of 80. He's known as Mr. Ranger. He played right wing on the GAG line, the goal of game line with Vic Hadfield uh, sorry Vic Hadfield and Jean Ratelle. He was inducted to the Hockey Hall of Fame in 1982 and was the first player in Rangers history to have his number retired. After his playing career, he became president of the Rangers Alumni Association. So, uh, rest in peace, guy. I uh, I don't know shit about. I don't know shit about. So he played
0: from uh, fifty-seven to seventy-eight, which is was his professional career. But he only played in the NHL from sixty until seventy-eight. Right. Um, all with the Rangers, which was pretty cool because uh, back in the day, that's kind of how it was. Like you, you were trying to be like a team's guy. It wasn't like you get bounced around suitcased and shit but right right right. uh 406 goals 615 assists a thousand points uh and a thousand games played so Mm -hmm. that's pretty cool right you know what's kind of nuts dude a thousand games over a 20-year career 18-year career like seems shy you know what i mean right because now oh you know why the first two years were one one fucking game a season (laughs) <laughs> Alright. I don't know. I don't know shit about this guy. His last season he only played 19 games, but every other year he played every game. So <laughs> no fucking, anything what, what, a, what a legend. The huh? internet
1: didn't know anything about he's him. either. I'm looking a, him up and I was like, oh, okay.
0: Yeah, he's such a legend. No one's ever fucking heard of him.
1: Retired Mr. number Ranger. and everything too, and there's nothing on him. I was like, oh, okay. Hmm. I, I don't know. It is what it
0: is. Alright, rest in peace, brother.
1: Right. Uh, so, God, this is just going to get darker and darker the more we fucking
0: talk. We should do the um, the other one before the top one before yeah. Yeah, that's what
1: I was yeah. thinking. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so Caleb Reimer of the Oil Kings, Ronan Sharmer, and Parker Magnuson from Delta Hockey Academy passed away in a car accident last week. Reimer had already made his NHL sorry, his debut in the WHL's Edmonton Oil Kings last season, while Sharmer and Magnuson had played uh sorry, had progressed with junior A teams. A group of friends began his GoFundMe page in order to support the families as needed, including funeral costs and expenses. Uh, The GoFundMe page... Uh, states please continue to pray and condolences and wrap your arms around the three families as they struggle to deal with the loss uh, the great loss uh the gofundme page uh has already surpassed 21,000 uh I'll try to put the uh gofundme page link on the bottom of the description here if you guys want to help out the uh parents with the uh players uh the NHL and a bunch of players from the NHL has have also come out uh, to offer their condolences for the team. Uh, just a tragic loss for these uh, young guys, uh, sixteen, uh, was at uh, fifteen, sixteen years old, right? It's terrible. So man. it's just it's just a terrible. It's,
0: it's been a very like um, somber week for the the hockey world. Um, and honestly, I don't know if it's social media or what, but like the humble Broncos crash from crash from a few years ago. Like I, I don't know if it's just covered more, but like you don't usually. Hear about shit like this, and it's becoming more and more common. And I hope it's just it's being covered more, and it's not happening more. You know what I mean? Exactly. Right. 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 It's so terrible to see all the time such young kids.
1: Right. Exactly. So you know, rest in peace to the three. Um, man, I I, it must be so hard for the families, man. Like, you know, it's something you can't even think about as a a parent. Like
0: now, now that I have Emma, man, like, I don't, I don't even want to talk about it. Right.
1: It's just rough. Um, so to end this episode off is, uh, big news, uh, for me and you, uh, this is a NHL player that I personally grew up with. I know their family, my parents know each other and, uh, it's the passing of, uh, Jimmy Hayes and, uh, came to a complete shock to all of us. I'd say you were the one that gave me the news first about this. And, uh, Again, when you know someone, you it's like denial, like right away when yep. you sent me that. I was like, "There's, there's no way in hell." And, and
0: when I heard it, it wasn't, um, it wasn't out there yet. So, me hearing that Jimmy Hayes had passed was from someone that did personally know him as well. So, um, when I sent it to you, I was like, "Dude," because I knew that you knew him. I was like, mm-hmm. "It's not out there yet, but he passed last night in his no. sleep. It's fucking terrible.
1: It's just, it's just awful. Awful. So young, news. thirty-one years so old. So young." Uh, had a fantastic NHL career, uh, as as well as his brother right now in
0: the NHL is. My, my favorite thing about, I mean, it's it sounds weird to say, my favorite thing about everything that you're seeing online is no one's really talking about his career. They talk about him in the locker room and, like, how good of a guy he was. Right, right. Like he's He light, lights up the room. He's just fucking, like, an and, awesome guy. He puts a smile on your face.
1: And that's exactly what that's exactly my, my process with this. I didn't want to talk about his career at all. Like when you know him personally too, you're just, uh, it's like great NHL player. That's it. But, you know, as a person, just in general, like such a great guy. Uh, my mom, uh, still in Dorchester. She's saw him and his parents more often than I did. and, He always asked about me and my brother, even though we haven't seen each other in years. You know, just trying to be with the uh, the family, and you know, uh, so just a a great guy overall. You know, he just had a kid too. yeah, three month old. Just had a three month old, and so you know, just so rough. It it was just it was hard news to hear. Uh, My mom, when I told her, didn't you know didn't believe it either, and then uh, she's beside herself. I think she was getting in contact with. his family, too, to offer yeah, her Kevin condolences. Do uh, you have
0: any uh, any funny stories from them growing up? Anything uh, stick out? I, I found one today that I thought was funny. I know uh, Mr. Hayes, Kevin Sr., told uh, both of them that he didn't want either of them playing in Boston because of uh, the pressure of playing here. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And Jimmy ends up playing here anyways. But right. I, I just thought it was funny to hear that. And it's so true when you see it, like how much the media roasts, like, Anyone. They right. they pick someone and, and they just rip them apart. So but it, it was it was just funny to me that their own father's like, I don't want you don't playing want you in don't. Boston, you know?
1: And if you know his father, such such a great guy. Yeah. Uh years ago battled cancer and got through it, pushed through. Uh just a very good sports guy. Like, he's that sports dad man. When when we were playing with Jimmy and Kevin, uh, he went from just like <laughs> he went from great guy to talk to he'd be like man i don't want to p- i don't want to piss him off you know that type yeah of. yeah and uh so he definitely he definitely has that drive in sports but uh no last dude just just a great guy to talk to uh if you if you just like if you saw him at Gerard's in Dorchester like um you know you'd walk up to him talk to you could talk to him for an hour and just like just he'd ask you about how everything was going he knew your family and uh, i think that's where jimmy got it from and uh he had a great uh great father to look up to and definitely um uh uh definitely lived up to his uh to what his father is um it's just it it, it sucks it sucks to hear you know growing up um i know back in the day was it like 5th grade or something like that uh he was way beyond his time he used to set up uh so out in the um uh sorry out on the playground we used to set up uh i i told everyone i don't play football know anything about it but we used to set up like three on three like football games and stuff and uh god man if we like the way he set it up too like if we weren't bloodied going back into school like we we didn't do we didn't do our job so uh again just like you know he brought everyone in like jim yeah jimmy was just like everyone, like a magnet. Like everyone in class, like wanted to talk to him. They want to be like him. Like you That's saw, awesome. you saw him, and you just like you know, all the boys, all the girls too in the class would be like Jimmy, what's going on? Like everyone wanted to be with him, you know. So uh, I'm like, I'm so sorry for his passing, and it sucks. I, I can't imagine what Kevin's going through, and uh, I really offer my condolences to the family. And, um, you know, I if, it's
0: it's terrible. Like you go through life and. You just, you never plan to lose a son or a daughter, you know? No. You're, you're, you're the one that's supposed to go first when you have kids. Right. So, that's terrible, and I hope his family's doing well. Right, me too.
1: So, on that somber note. Let's do a shot for let's him. Let's do a shot for Jimmy. And, uh, offer our condolences here. So, uh, this episode 39 is to you, buddy. There you go. Cheers, bud. Cheers. Oh, it's good that I uh, got a good nip for that, huh? Yeah, that was good. Um, all right, okay, let's uh, let's send it off. Yeah,
0: what do uh, what do we got next week? Do you think what division are we going to? Just so the fans have something to look forward to.
1: Okay, so we did the Pacific. Um, I was We're gonna, gonna like stay West before, so Central would be central? next. Yeah. Yep, Central. All America. right,
0: Central division next week. Thank you everyone for listening. If there's anything you want to see us cover next episode, let us know. Our links in the description, and we'll see you all next week. Bye, guys.